0: Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7 today. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7 today. We're going to do 8 and 9 on Friday. This is one segment of scripture. Let me set it up to you this way. Anybody in the room ever felt anxious? Anybody? This year? This month? This week, this morning, I, if you haven't felt anxious yet, there's 20 days till graduation, 17 class periods left, and three days of final exams coming after that, 17 days of classes left. Oh, my heart, okay, it just whoa, calm down, all right. Anxiousness. Like, we get it, right? We feel anxious. We, there are things we can't control, we know we can't control them, life sometimes stinks. If you haven't had it happen to you already, I'm sorry to break it to you, but there will be bad things that happen to you in life, and there will be things that happen to you that words can't make okay, that you're not going to just get over, it's not going to be okay the next day. Bad things are going to happen to you in this life. In fact, you're guaranteed it in John 16, where the text says, in this world, you will have tribulation. Then it says, but be of good cheer, for I've overcome the world. And that's kind of the part that we're going to look at today. So we're going to look at it in two sections. We're gonna look at the first section today. We're gonna to look at the second section on Friday. But as you're looking at your text, you've gotta know that these two sections go together because sometimes we just break them apart. We bust it out. But in four through seven, it's gonna end this section with some imperatives that it gives us. And it's gonna say that the peace of God will guard your heart, your heart where all of your emotions and your, all, your central being where all of your emotions and your will and all of this stuff come from, the peace of God's gonna guard your heart and your mind, all of your thinking processes in Christ Jesus. So you can't miss that last part, it's in Christ Jesus. So no Jesus, no joy, this works for believers only. This does not work for unbelievers. And somebody might make the argument and say, well you can have joy and not know who Jesus is. Yeah, some of the time, sure. I mean, you know, you win the lottery, you have a good day, your team wins the Super Bowl. I mean, you're excited for that moment, but when the bad things of life happens... When the earthquakes occur, when the foundations tremble of life, if you are not in Christ and this world is all you have, you don't have joy in that. You can't have joy in that. You can't look to a foundation that is more sure, more firm, or to a future that is stable and certain. You have nothing to look forward to. The hope is not there if you don't know Jesus. So the whole title of this, No Jesus, no Joy is that when you know, K-N-O-W, when you know Jesus as your Savior in your heart, no matter what happens to you in this life, no matter what happens to you in this world, no matter the circumstances that you are facing, you can have a joy that surpasses all understanding, a peace that surpasses all understanding in Christ Jesus. I'm just getting started. It's been cooped up for a while, sorry. So verse seven, peace of God. Look at verse nine, the God of peace. You really can't bust these two up. You see what I'm saying here, right? So as we look at verse eight on Friday and all the things that we're to think about, we understand that when we think about these things, when we practice the things that we've seen in Paul, When when the things that we've learned and we've received and we've heard and we've seen, then the God of peace is going to be with us. But that God of peace cannot be separated from the peace of God. God is a God of peace, not a God of chaos, not a God of confusion. He's not a God of lies. The devil is the father of lies. The devil is the one that sows chaos in our life. The devil is the one that sows confusion in our life. So as the confusion and the chaos and the anxiety and all of these pressures arise, we must recognize that doesn't come from God. That comes from our own sinful tendencies to want to take over. That comes from the devil who wants to sow discord, who wants to sow lies, who wants to take away our peace, who wants to take away our joy, who wants to cause us to be in our funk all the time and ruin our happiness and our joy and our peace. And so we have to speak truth to ourselves. So as we are speaking truth to ourselves to say, no, I'm not gonna let that happen. That is not a true statement. Using the scripture, we can have a peace that passes all understanding. Now, how to title this text was difficult. I've got like four titles for this text. So I'm gonna give you the main idea. And so the main idea here, write this main idea down, we're gonna use this on Friday too, but the main idea is that we can experience peace despite our circumstances. Here's Here's what's really cool about this passage, four through nine is there's a list of about six imperatives in here. I maybe could have busted apart, made it seven. Imperatives, things that you should do. Do this, do this, don't do this, do this, imperatives. These are the imperatives of Philippians 4, 4 through 8, and they teach us how to have peace no matter what our circumstances are. They also teach us how to walk with God. So maybe you're in the room and you're like, I wanna grow more, I wanna grow deeper. I wanna be a more mature, Christian. I want to be rich in my faith. I want to be closer to God in my faith. All right, great. Here's some imperatives in Philippians 4 through 9 that you can write down, and we can choose to take these imperatives and make them ours over and over and over and over again, and that will help us develop into a mature follower of Christ. All right, I'm going to give you the imperatives. I'm going to give you the practical steps, and then we're going to read the text. I I may even give you the other two, but... Here are the four imperatives that we're gonna focus on today. These are the four imperatives that just come through four through seven. We'll focus on the other two on Friday. Rejoice in the Lord. You're gonna see that in our text, straight out of the text. Be reasonable or gentle, depending on what translation you're using, or a gentle spirit. That's gonna be in verse five. Do not be anxious. That's a hard one. It's there, it's an imperative, it's a command and then let your request be made known to God. So I wanna read our text. So Philippians chapter four, we're gonna be reading in the text, verses four through seven for this morning. We'll pick up eight and nine on Friday. Would you stand if you're able to in honor of the reading of God's word? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Lord, today, help my words to be tied to your text. Help us to grow closer to you. Lord, will Jesus be glorified through this. In his name we pray, amen. And you may be seated. All right, so we start off the first point. Rejoice in the Lord. So remember, you're reading your Bible, something happens multiple times. For emphasis, we underline it. If we're taking notes, we write it down. We put a star beside it. Same thing in a lecture. Teacher says something multiple times. It's emphasized for importance. Here we come to this and it says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. And our mind immediately goes back to chapter 3, verse 1. Where Paul, as he was finishing his letter in chapter 3, he does like most good preachers do. He starts a conclusion, then he realizes he has a whole lot of other things left to say. So now he's going to restart that conclusion. So chapter 3, verse 1, rejoice in the Lord. And he says to them, it's no burden for me to write the same things to you, and it's good for you. So rejoice in the Lord, chapter 3, verse 1. Chapter 4, verse 4, rejoice in the Lord Always and again, I will say rejoice three times we have this rejoice here So this is a command that we need to take to heart Why do we need to take it to heart because it's most often when we get in our funk that we start focusing on the things of The world that are in chaos the utter confusion that's around us and we forget to rejoice in the Lord Because whatever happens in this life. Guess what the tomb's still empty We still celebrate Easter and Jesus is not there The tomb has been rolled away. The stone has been rolled away. There is no savior buried in a tomb. He is risen and ascended and coming again. And one day all things will be made right. And we can rejoice in that no matter what classes, assignments, or finals we may have. No matter who's in charge of the world. And remember, think back to Paul. He's writing from where? In prison. Are his rulers godly? No, Caesar is Lord. No, he's not. But he thinks he is. He doesn't have godly rulers. He's in jail. His future is uncertain. He could die tomorrow. He could die the next day. He doesn't know what's gonna happen. He even says, I wanna send Timothy to you, but I can't yet, I wanna see how it goes with me first because I need Timothy here. He's uncertain about his future. Anybody can relate to that? Uncertain about your future, not sure you have godly leaders in charge of you, don't know what's gonna happen in the next next little bit of your life, don't know exactly where things are gonna go, and yet the person writing this has said in 3-1 rejoice and he says in 4-4 rejoice in the Lord always. So when do we rejoice in the Lord? Always. Let's do it one more time because it's really hard for us. When do we rejoice in the Lord? Always. Always. Thank you. That's hard. But that's what we're commanded to do. We wake up every morning when His mercies are new and we rejoice in the Lord always. And again, He says, rejoice. Now, how do we rejoice? Not necessarily in everything that's happening. You lose your job. Get a diagnosis of cancer, you have a miscarriage, a friend or a family member passes away, grandpa or grandma, goes home to be with Jesus, and we don't feel like rejoicing. It's hard. But we rejoice in the Lord. We think about strategically, intentionally, focusing our minds on what the Lord has done for us and that the two biggest problems in all of life My sin against a holy and righteous God for which I will stand judgment and my death that will one day happen have all been taken care of. My sin has been forgiven because I'm in Christ and God no longer sees it. My death, I will be resurrected and be like him in his death so that I will be like him in his resurrection. And that's gonna be taken care of too. So my two biggest problems are taken care of and everything else I can get through in this life looking forward to the next. Rejoice in the Lord always, And again, I say rejoice. You think about Psalms. It tells us to rejoice when we come into the house of the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. So we do that. We make that our mindset. When anxiousness creeps up, If you're not a mature believer and all of the world blows you to and fro, it's because you're not firmly planted, rooted in rejoicing in the Lord always, no matter what happens. How is it that that person is so mature? How is it that that person is so stable that no matter what happens in life, they just don't seem to be shaken by it because we rejoice in the Lord, not in the circumstances, but in the Lord. Do you see what the text is saying to us here? Mature follower of Christ. Cedarville student, when you graduate and you go off, rejoice in the Lord every single day. You wake up new and fresh and you read the Word and you rejoice in the Lord. Circumstances don't blow us everywhere, and that's just the first of these imperatives. You want to walk with God? Rejoice in the Lord. You want to be mature? You wanna be firmly rooted to have peace in the midst of chaos, rejoice in the Lord. Second, let your gentleness or your reasonableness be known. So if you're reading out of the ESV, it says reasonable. Be reasonable with all people, for the Lord is at hand. Now what does the Lord is at hand mean? It can mean closeness as far as space, or it can mean time. So the Lord's coming is always one day closer than it was the day before and the Lord is always near us. So the Lord's judgment is coming, and the Lord is always with us. And because of that, we should be reasonable. The Christian standard Bible says graciousness. The NKJV or the NIV says gentleness. And the New American Standard says gentle spirit. Do do you see what it's talking about here? Do you see what it's trying to get across? That as followers of Christ who are rejoicing in the Lord always and all of these things that blow everybody else to and fro, all the things of culture, all the things that cause people just to react and overreact and react again and get angry, it says, no, 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 mature follower of Christ. You wanna know how to walk with God? You wanna know how to be mature? You wanna know how to have peace? Be gentle, be reasonable, have a gentle spirit with other people for the Lord's at hand. What a great word for our society. Be reasonable on social media, for the Lord is at hand. Watch your reactions publicly and privately and one-on-one with others, because the Lord is at hand. Now think about what this means. Think deeply for a moment, because we're gonna be told in verse eight to think deeply about a whole bunch of different things. Think deeply about what it means to be reasonable or to be gentle. That means my first reaction can't be, I've already made up my mind. I'm given to anger. I'm prone to drama. I wanna make a big deal out of everything in life. Everything is a super high high or super low low. It says I'm gonna be reasonable and I'm gonna be gentle. I can't overreact. If I'm given to anger and I immediately react with anger, well, I'm not gonna be gentle and I'm not gonna be reasonable. So if you are given to anger, this verse should hit you this morning and you should say, oh, Holy Spirit, help me not to be angry with others. Help me not to react in that way. If you are prone to violence, and you are not prone to be a person of peace, you can't be reasonable or gentle and react in that way. So what this is telling us is this telling us nothing is as big a deal in life as you think it is. Nothing is as big a deal in life as you think it is. Be gentle, be reasonable, have a gentle spirit, react calmly, think through things rationally. Nothing is as big a deal in this life as you think it is because we're not the center of the universe. The universe is not about me and what happens to me. I'm not the captain of my own ship. I'm not in control of my own destiny. I'm a servant of the Most High King and he's already settled what happens with him. We know who wins in the end. So I can be reasonable and I can be gentle and I can have a gentle spirit and I can chill out and take a chill pill and relax for a little bit. I can count to 10 backwards. I cannot be angry. I cannot be violent because it's not that big a deal. You wanna be a mature follower of Christ. You wanna walk with the Lord deeply. Rejoice in the Lord always. Be reasonable and gentle. Gentle spirit with other people. Here comes a tough one. It's a negative one. Do not be anxious. It's another one of the imperatives. It's an imperative to peace with God. It's an imperative to spiritual maturity do not be anxious. Why not? We've already talked about it some, that eternal perspective. The Lord's in control. I understand the Lord's in control and I understand I'm not. That's why I go to sleep every night. I lay my head down and I know there's an entire world still active on the other side of the globe and it's okay because they don't care what I think anyway and I'm not in charge and I can't control it all. So I might as well lay down and go to sleep and let God do what God does. I believe in a good God, I believe in a sovereign God. I believe in a God that loves me and that loves everybody else and he's in control and he's gonna make good things happen ultimately even from bad situations on this earth and so I can go to sleep at night and I cannot be anxious about everything because I can't control it anyway. We think back to Jesus' teaching. You're gonna be worried about what you wear. Think about the lilies of the valley. You're gonna be worried about what you eat. Think about the sparrows and the birds of the field. can Can your worrying even add one cubit? Can it even add one day to your life? Your worrying can't add one day to your life, but it can sure take it away because that worrying has physical effects on you. It controls the way that your body reacts or doesn't react well. And so we worry about things shortening our life, not lengthening our life because we're not in control. And the sooner we realize I'm not in control, all I am is a servant of the Most High King and he's in control so I can chill out and relax a little bit, not be so anxious about everything, the better off I'm gonna be. The more mature of a follower of Christ I'm gonna be, the more I'm gonna be at peace, the less I'm gonna be anxious, because it's okay. So the devil comes along and puts these lies in your head. This is gonna ruin your life people don't love you. Nobody cares about you. You're not worth anything. All these lies that create all this anxiety, and then the truth of the Word comes along because the devil is the father of chaos and the father of lies, but God is the father of lights. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He is the God who cannot lie, and the truth comes along, and the truth says to you, no, you are valuable. You are loved. You are so infinitely loved that God sent His Son to die on a cross for your sins so that you could be reconciled and redeemed to your Creator, and so you you have value and worth beyond what the devil will ever understand or know or think because God loves you to that degree. Think about that. doesn't matter what you look like. I don't like the way I look. I don't like the way I look. I've got bowed legs and a big forehead. I haven't shown you in a while. I can put a basketball between my knees with my knees locked out. That's just weird. All right. I don't like the way I look. I don't, who cares? Nobody cares how you look. Okay, your mama and daddy love you and they care about how you look. But come on, really, if you were ugly as you could be, they still love you. I mean, it's okay. We are so worried about the little trivial things of life that don't matter. You're not the smartest person in the room. I'm not either. Shh, don't tell everybody. There's a lot of you that are smarter than I am. It's okay, God loves me anyway. What am I anxious about? Well, there's an Equality Act in Congress. What am I gonna do about that? I'm gonna stay up and have sleepless nights about that. No, I'm gonna serve the most high God. I'm gonna stand firm on what his word says and he's gonna figure out how all that sorts out and all I'm gonna do is be a faithful servant. Here's a lawsuit against the Department of Education that named Cedarville as part of it. Okay. I'm gonna serve the Most High God. I'm gonna stand firm on his word. I'm not gonna be anxious. I'm not gonna be unreasonable with people. I want what's best for you. I want God's love for each and every one of you, for all of you. I want you to love God deeply. I want you to serve God well for the rest of your life. All I'm here to do is be a servant of the Lord. No need to be anxious about all these things. Do not be anxious. All right, we gotta move to the next one. The next one's a little bit longer and we gotta get get you to the conclusion before it's over. Okay, so the next one. Let your request be made known to God. So in your text, do not be anxious in anything, all of it. Every last bit of it. We can't be anxious about it, that's hard. But in everything, through prayer, notice the words here, prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, and request, you've got four different words here that all reference back to how we pray. So in our prayer, in our attitude that goes to God, which is a worshipful attitude, because if we're gonna pray to God, then we're gonna go to God saying, I recognize I'm not in control and there's humility there and I recognize you are in control and there's worship there. So my prayer, my very prayer is an act of acknowledging Him and worshiping God who is ultimately in control. So I pray to God saying, I don't have control of this. I can't control it all, Lord, but you can, so I pray, and then I'm gonna have supplication for others, and I'm gonna do this in everything. Now, this is how you walk with God. Well, how do you pray? You talk to God like God is your best friend hey God, today I'm struggling because I'm a little anxious because I've got a test going on and I know I shouldn't be anxious, but God, I'm still anxious. Can you help me not be so anxious? You talk to God just like he's your best friend. God, my friend's got something going on in their life and it's really bothering me too and I really wish that you would help my friend and you supplicate on behalf of others and God, I've got a friend who's gonna go through surgery or I've got somebody who's struggling. Lord, we've got a professor who's in the hospital right now. Would you help that professor to recover and get better and to come out so they can continue to serve you at Cedarville. We supplicate on behalf of others. And then with Thanksgiving, God, I thank you that on Easter morning when you died, or on Good Friday, when you died on the cross, that veil was torn from top to bottom and it was separated. No longer were we separated from a holy and righteous God, but we now can talk to God just like he's our best friend. We don't have to go through a priest. There is no more holy of holies. We have access to talk to God just like he's right there with us. So here's your question. When something really bad happens in life, who do you go to first? Social media? No, 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 no. 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 Can I just tell you the first thing I do before we hire a faculty member is stalk their social media? And some of them never make it past that point. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, it's not private, it's out there. Anybody in their right mind is going to Google all that to find out who you are before they hire you. Be careful what you post. Some of you, you need to go clean it up. Don't clean it up right now. You clean it up later. I don't even know how I got off on that. Where do you go? Mom or dad, it's not a bad place to go. But it shouldn't be your first place to go. I say this as a dad who loves talking to his daughter and his son. I, I love for them to bring questions to me. I love to have those deep conversations and yes, I will let them stay up way too late at night to have those conversations and yes, I will let them eat junk food to have those conversations with me. Like it's okay, I'm our, I'll give you that just to have that deep, meaningful conversation. But your first conversation should be with God. And guess what, I can't do this for you, mom and dad can't do this for you, your best friend can't do this for you, you are the only one that can have a conversation with God. Where do you go first? Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. God, we thank you that you are in control and you are a good God and you don't change at a whim, but you're the same yesterday and tomorrow and forevermore. God, you are gonna set all things right. We have much to be thankful for. Why is it that when the 10 lepers were healed, only one came back to say thank you? Let us not be like the nine. Let us be like the one and be thankful to God for what he has done for us. Us of all people. Listen, I've I've got a mother-in-law with Alzheimer's. Sometimes I see her struggling for words to think of the right word to say for the thought that's in her mind and she can't find it and you can just see that struggle. You know what that's done in my life? God, thank you that I can put a sentence together and hold a thought in my mind and I don't take that for granted. There's no right within me that means I should have that right for the rest of my life. But God, you have given it to me for this moment in time, this day, right now, I can put a sentence together with a subject and a verb and communicate a thought about how good and gracious and loving you are and all of you can too. You're smart. You're talented. You're young. You've got your life ahead of you. You have so much right now to be thankful for, that when the devil brings all this anxiety, okay, you should be having so much fun and so much joy in life right now. To be able to have friends that care about you, a Christian community to surround you, faculty members who want to disciple you, all of the good gifts that God has given you. May we be thankful. We just look around this place. We are not persecuted. We are not, as some in other countries where they are hunting them down to throw them in jail, we're sitting in a nice auditorium where we can come together and worship the Lord through music and worship the Lord through His Word. Here it preached. where we can commune, to, we have Chick-fil-A right across the lake. I mean, this is close to heaven, right? <laughs> All the good gifts we have. In the middle of a global pandemic, we're still here, face-to-face, plowing forward. I don't know what you're anxious about. I don't know what your concerns are. I don't know what your worries are. It's okay. God's in control and he loves you more than you could ever possibly know, and he's already got your tomorrow set, and all you have to do is wake up and serve him. God, here I am today. Thanks for another day. I'm gonna serve you again today and be faithful. Let's go, let's see what it has, let's see what's in store. With thanksgiving, let your request. Be made known to God. Now I'm not going to promise you God will answer all of your requests, because sometimes we ask for bad things and God knows we don't need them. God make me rich. Well, that money's going to become an idol. It'll turn your heart away from God. You don't need it. you can't handle it. You don't, you're not going to get it. Okay, God, that's all right. You're God you know best. God, I really, really want to date with that girl or that guy. But then you're going to put the weight on top of that girl or that guy that they're not intended to bear because you're gonna make them an idol because you're not spiritually deep enough yet. You haven't become the person you need to be to look solely to me. And so you're not at a point where you're both gonna look to me and be drawn closer together. You're at a point where you're gonna look to that person in the wrong ways and do things that are not gonna be good and healthy for you. And so I'm not gonna give you that guy or that girl because you're looking for them to satisfy you or complete you as our culture would say. And there's only one that can complete you and that one is Jesus Christ. So we work on becoming the right person before we work on finding the right person. I don't know where you are, but I can say this to you. Rejoice in the Lord always, every single morning. And again, I say rejoice. Be reasonable and gentle with all people. Do not be anxious about anything. God's got this, he's in control and he's better at it than we are. And let all of your requests be made known to God. Talk to him just like he's your best friend and you should talk to him all the time. How often do you talk to your best friend? Do you talk to God that much? No. Bad things happen. Who do you go to first, to God? do you come to somebody else fix my problem I've got a problem make this better go to God come talk to me eventually go to God talk to mom and dad next go to God talk to your best friend second or third go to God first our first instinct should be go to God now what's going to happen all right let's look at what's going to happen here look at the next verse we do all of these and then we get to the next verse and here's what it says will happen oh I can't skip this part I was about to skip this. Let your request be made known to God. All right. Thanksgiving, by the way, Eucharist is in that word, Thanksgiving. Eucharist, the Lord's Supper. You get that? There's some, anyway, I don't have time. Here's what I can't skip over. You don't understand, I can't give God thanks because you don't know what I'm going through. Daniel chapter six, verse 10. Covenant's been signed by the king. You can no longer pray to anybody for 30 days. What does Daniel do? He goes up to the same place where he's prayed morning and evening and afternoon and he gets down on his knees and it says he gave thanks before his God. What did he give thanks for? I don't know. I mean, come on, think about where we would be at this point in time. God, are you serious? Do you know what's going on? The king just signed an edict. I'm not supposed to pray for 30 days and there are people out there watching me pray because now they're gonna throw me in a den of lions and those lions look mean and those lions are hungry and those lions are big and I'm gonna die. So my life is at stake. I have bad rulers. Our culture is at chaos. What am I supposed to give thanks for? And yet Daniel goes up there and gives thanks. When his country is in exile, he gives thanks. I I don't care where you are. You're not where Daniel was. And there's a man of faith that gave thanks through multiple empires. And when he went to the lion's den, he was just fine. It was the king in the palace that couldn't sleep that night. You wanna know how not to have anxiety in the midst of a bunch of lions? Look at Daniel. Okay, now we gotta get to the conclusion. 1-7, and the peace of God. So God is a God of peace. He's not a God of chaos. He's not a God of confusion. So the peace that comes from God, that peace from God, that through Jesus Christ has reconciled us as rebels against the King to our Creator. We have peace through Christ, that peace which comes from God which surpasses all human understanding. How is it that you're okay in the middle of all of this when everybody else in the world would say everything's falling apart? It's because God's way passes understanding. It surpasses it. We can't know it. We can't appreciate it. We, in our finite minds, can't understand His infinite mind. But what I can tell you is that you follow all these imperatives. You rejoice in the Lord all the time. You let all your requests be made known to God. General and reasonable with all other people so you don't have enemies out there trying to kill you all over the place. All of these things fall in line and it says the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will be guard, military term, on guard, watching your heart where all of your emotions and all of your will takes place and your mind's what you think. So we have to be strategic and intentional about what we're thinking. I'm drifting down that path of anxiety, thinking about all these bad things, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be anxious. Intentionally and strategic, we're gonna get to verse eight. I'm gonna think on a new set of things, but I'm gonna rejoice in the Lord. I'm gonna be reasonable. I'm gonna let all my requests be made known to God. I'm not gonna be anxious. I'm gonna turn those thoughts and I'm gonna say no to the thoughts the devil wants me to have and I'm gonna say yes to the good, godly, biblical thoughts that the Bible says I should have and that peace of God's gonna guard my heart, my will, my emotions, and my thoughts in my mind in Christ Jesus. Every day, we have to reset our minds for this. You've taken notes. You've got them down. Okay, I'm good to go, check. No, you wake up tomorrow with a new set of anxieties that you have to put all of these imperatives into play for to be a mature follower of Christ. You wake up the next day. It's one long walk in the same direction till it becomes habit. I'll finish with this. So I, I started trying to play golf about a week ago, so if you see me out there hitting golf balls, I'm not very good at it, it's okay. I've got this checklist in my mind of all these things that our golf coach has told us that I need to do. I won't go through them because I'll mess something up and give you bad advice, but I go through this list and then I swing and hit the ball and I didn't do that one. And as I go through this list, it becomes quicker and quicker as I, every time I practice, as I go through this list, it becomes a little bit more, okay, I don't have to go through the list quite so much because every time I'm walking through the list. That's like the Christian life. Every day when I'm anxious, I go, wait, wait, wait. There were some imperatives in Philippians 4 through 7. Am I doing those? Okay. Oh, I'm anxious again next week. Wait, wait, wait. Those imperatives. I wrote them down. I've got them. The next day, eh, devil, you tried this trick on me before. I'm not doing it again. Huh. Oh, devil, this is not a big thing. That back there, that was a big thing. This is a really little thing compared to that big thing. Oh, you know what? I've been walking with God long enough that He's been faithful so many times. Yeah, this is nothing. And next thing you know, you're just walking with God as a mature follower of Christ. You're less anxious. You have more joy in the Lord. Things don't blow you to and fro. It starts with these imperatives. Rejoice in the Lord always. Be gentle and reasonable with other people. Do not be anxious. Let your requests be made known to God. Friday, we're gonna talk about what to think on. And then we're gonna talk about practicing the things that we have seen and heard and received from Paul and other mature followers of Christ. And the God of peace will be with us. Dear Lord, it's a journey. It's a walk. Help us to do it well. Help all of these students to grow deeper in their faith with you. Help me to grow deeper in my faith with you. Help us to live in such a way that we can give reason for the hope that lies within us. For you are a good God and worthy of our praise and worthy of our joy and worthy of honor and worship. We glorify you and thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And you are dismissed.